Jesus is enough. Welcome to Grace Walk Radio. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Derek Lewandowski, and I'm here with my friend and my brother, my co-laborer in Christ, an avenger for Jesus, nay, the Hall of Justice, Caleb Berg. Howdy. <laughs> Sorry. You Am never I? know what I'm going to throw at you <laughs> no, right there. No. Am I Iron Man? <laughs> you, bro, you're whoever you want to be. Uh, as long as you're on the right side and you're in your gifts. Let me let me think. Who would you be if you were an Avenger? <laughs> what Avengers are we? Uh, I think you're I think you're Bruce Banner. Oh Lord! And then you would you would change into the Hulk because that's what happens, man. When you got when you when you got the gospel on your lips, you turn into a Hulk for Jesus. <laughs> and I destroy everything. <laughs> you destroy Hulk smash. <laughs> anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, here on Grace Walk Radio, if you're new to our show, we discuss the gospel in belief and practice, and we talk about how to live under grace, not under law, under grace in a modern world. Um, the gospel is just as relevant today as it's ever been. There's no expiration date on truth, and um, as we learn to live under grace and apply the gospel to our lives, we find joy and freedom and our purpose in it. Um, in Christ Jesus. And so today, uh, we're just going to continue. Last week, we talked about Galatians 3, 1 and 2. And um, I don't know, as we got into the the show last week, I realized there was a lot more I wanted to say about verse 2. And so today, we're just doing Galatians 3, 2. And the title of this uh, this podcast is uh, Hearing with Faith. So here's the verse. Um, Actually, I'll give you verse 1 leading into verse 2. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Verse 2, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Okay, Uh, so here we are. Verse 2, Paul sets as polar opposites, as mutually exclusive two two ideas. Man, I'm getting excited. (laughs) He's he's Hulk smashing things. Yeah, I just Hulk smashed my uh, my computer stand over here. Two, two mutually exclusive ideas here in verse 2. Number one, works of the law. Number two, hearing with faith. North Pole, works of the law. South Pole, hearing with faith. In other words, it's not both. It's one or the other. Either you're under law or you're under grace. There's no middle ground. Either you receive the life of the Spirit through your obedience and your zeal and your merits and your record and your righteousness works of the law, or you receive the life of the Spirit through hearing with faith. Paul is not saying it's both. He's not saying it's kind of a little bit, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And this is a big topic for me because not understanding a verse like this is what stung me terribly in my Christian youth. Um, I somehow along the way, um, probably a combination of some some uh, incomplete or bad teaching that I got along the way uh, in combo with my own fallen nature and flesh and addiction to self-salvation. Along the way, I sort of concluded that if I just work hard enough, then you will, you will reach this, uh, this place of spiritual euphoria. If you pray hard, if you pray long enough and hard enough, if you fast, you're going to break through into this new realm of spiritual power. You're going to, you're going to get revival. Matter of fact, I was part of a a ministry one time and, um, uh, full disclosure, it went badly. 
it was not a gospel-centered ministry. And uh, the ministry leader brought our team together. It was a parachurch ministry I was a part of. And, and he said, we're going to fast. We're going to do a Daniel fast for 40 days and 40 nights for revival. We want to move in the power of God. We want the power of the Holy Spirit. And it became very mechanical, very lifeless. It was very much driven by um, legalism. You know, we're going to put God in our debt. And bro, at the end of this thing, I felt I felt farther away from God than I did at the beginning. And, um, and so, again, like, I, I somehow believed, and I think it's, it's, it's taught that you receive the Spirit through the works of the law, through obedience to the commands, through zealous spiritual disciplines, through, you know, prayer and fasting, and, you know, even, even the, the missional commands of the gospel, preaching the gospel and reaching other people, you're going to experience... And, and it's, it's pointing to the wrong well. That is not the well of our salvation. That's not the vine. The vine is not you and your obedience or me and my obedience or, or, or my, my record or my, my resume. Paul in Philippians said, you know, if anybody could claim uh, access to God and righteousness through uh, my record and, and, and my righteousness, he says, I could. But he, what did he say? I, I counted it as rubbish. I set it aside that I might find a righteousness, not of my own, but that which is in Christ. And so Paul, same author, is pointing that out here, that it, it, it's either the works of the law or it's hearing with faith. And, and this is a rhetorical question, so the answer is supposed to be obvious. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, which was what the false teachers in the Church of Galatia had been teaching, or by hearing with faith? The answer is obvious. What he taught was that you receive the Spirit by hearing with faith. And so this really runs cross-grain. I mean, I I grew up um, and ran in a lot of Pentecostal charismatic circles, and there's a lot of misapplication of a verse like this. And and it's, you know, it's taught that to receive the Holy Spirit, you need to sort of have this, you know, the second blessing, second um, moment with God that you you sort of uh, reach for through your zeal and your your passion and then you, you know you'll you'll have this this spiritual experience and and i don't know man um you know I, i'm continuous i i believe i still believe in the the gifts of the spirit but um as driscoll once said i'm charismatic with a seatbelt. um for me the center of my faith now is is my doctrine and what i believe in my faith in christ not my works and my zealous spiritual disciplines and and the life of the spirit that that i've truly received now so I'm, I'm sort of half testifying here. I think my breakthrough came and my true spiritual renewal came when I rested mm-hmm. from my works and from the works of the law and I rested in what I was hearing in the gospel and put faith in Christ. That's when I actually had a revival. That's when I actually had spiritual renewal and that's when the life of the Spirit had, a, had an increase and in uptick in my life was through what Paul's talking about here, hearing with faith. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we we often pray for revival, you know, here at Grace Life in our elder-led prayer meetings and things like that. We pray for another great awakening. We pray for those things. Uh, but the reality, I think, is, you know, and our our experiences, I think, are similar um, in, in that we both came from Pentecostal charismatic uh, churches. We both uh, grew up in those movements. We have a lot of experience with the uh, revivalism. You know, the chasing after revival, the chasing after uh, this, I don't know, this this 
It's like a mountaintop experience, like the zenith of our Christianity is experienced in manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and it's only in that that we can find some sort of um, comfort and blessing. Uh, but the reality is what Scripture leads us to, what, what Paul is encouraging in his book of Galatians, what, what the rest of the New Testament writers are, are pointing us to is our rest in Christ. And from that, that identity... Uh, we can then truly experience the love of God in our life. We can we can experience uh, things like revival. I, I, me personally, I don't think I've ever experienced more of uh, you know a personal revival than when I began to hear the gospel proclaimed in the clearest and simplest ways, and I began to rest in Christ. You know, like. That's when I began to experience personal renewal and revival. That that's when I think I've grown the most. And the chasing after those things, I, I think they fall into all sorts of isms. Um, you know, <laughs> there's pietism, which is the the chasing after our internal uh, sanctification. This idea of um, a hyper focus on the inward growth in a Christian life. The You mentioned spiritual disciplines, you know, pursuing growth there. There's triumphalism, the pursuit of uh, being completely sanctified, the, the pursuit of doing away with all outward actions of sin, that someday I'll finally, quote-unquote, make it. Um, all these pursuits, and I would throw revivalism in there as well as another ism, they're, they're not focused on the gospel. They're focused on either my feelings or my efforts, or um, some dynamic expression of joy. I don't, I don't know really else how to describe revivalism other than that, but uh, it, they're pursuits of that, and while those things have been used of God in the past, that's not the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I want to say something about revival preaching, and, and maybe some of you can't relate to this. I think those who maybe have uh, been a part of, you know, Pentecostal movements, and not all. You know, we're not, you know, we're not cessationists, and we're not blanketing the charismatic Pentecostal movement. There's, you know, there's, there's certainly some, some healthy uh, believers, pastors, and teachers in, in that movement. Um, but um, I think for me, a lot of what, what I encountered, what I was around, you know, I would categorize as revival preaching. Yeah, and and what I mean by that is, a re- revival preaching doesn't preach the gospel. It doesn't preach doctrine. Uh, it doesn't preach faith in 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 Christ. You know, uh, justification by faith as as the foundation of of everything in the Christian life. Um, it sort of assumes that, and it it preaches revival. <laughs> in other words. We need revival, and, and you need revival, and what our nation needs is revival. And to get, we need to be praying, we need to be preaching, we need to be holy. And it, and it, it becomes very much about, it's the gospel of revival, and the yeah. gospel of um, signs, wonders, and miracles. And the, here's, here's the, the paradox of it. Where I have seen an obsession with revival and revival preaching, they actually cease to preach the very doctrines that will bring it. Yeah. So, like, what they seem to want so badly, they're neglecting because they, are, they end up preaching the works of the law 
uh, even though it's it's with you know um, charismatic experiences and vocabulary and, and even some some uh, misapplication of Bible verses on it, but they, they end up not preaching the gospel and 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 the very revival they want they're missing because they're focused on um, the fruit of it. Um, Renewal and revival and holiness and, and, and it just becomes all about that and stories about signs, wonders and miracles and, and where's Jesus? Where's Christ? Where's yeah. doctrine? Where's truth? And I, I left that stuff and I, I came into a, a gospel-centered context in my own walk with God in, in, in the local church we planted here and in the movement we're a part of, Acts 29, imperfect, okay, I'm not, not saying we're perfect, we're not, the, the, which, which actually is part of why we believe the gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the renewal that I wanted and sought for years and couldn't find and was so elusive, uh, both my wife and I, part of our testimony is we found that, but we found it when we finally rested yeah. from our works in Christ. Yeah. I think how what, you, what you just described, I kind of wanted to touch back on the last thing I said and just add clarity to it because I think I might have misspoken a little bit. But when I said uh, God uses revival though it's not the gospel. I wasn't trying to say that somehow God blesses preaching uh, that's not the gospel. I, I think what I was trying to get is what you described, where it's where, like, at the beginning stages of some of this, there is gospel uh, being presented, you know, at least, you know, I, I, I would look at history and see that that has happened. But so often the focus then becomes, in its later stages, not the gospel. Mm-hmm. The focus shifts to the revivalism. Right. It focuses now on, okay, now there's a good thing going. How do we keep this engine churning? You know, we got to keep having service after service. We got to have, you know, these altars full, you know, especially in churches where they do altar calls and things like that. We got to have those altars full. You know, how do we do that? You know, so like the focus shifts from the gospel, which as you described it, was the very thing that is going to produce revival, like true biblical revival. Uh, the awakening of of hearts to the gospel through the preaching of the word, the Holy Spirit regenerating people. That to me, that's true revival. Uh, they begin to look at it as as like, okay, now let me let me like uh, trademark this. Let me. Um, let me come up with a methodology and a message, and I can take this around the world and maybe put out a few books. And this is my legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you might call it the gospel of revivalism. You know, it's Christless in a lot of ways, in, in a lot of contexts and spheres. Um, doctrine is assumed, and, and quite honestly, when you dig, it's not even believed. Yeah. Um, the sufficiency of the complete work of Christ, the 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 message that brings rest into the Christian's heart is far away oftentimes. And um, it's it's sad and scary and, and I you know, I, I I think I was stung by that and, and um, you know, God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick sometimes and, and a lot of people do uh, have experiences with God, I think, in that context that are real and genuine and, and, and I'm not you know, I'm not, as they say, throwing out the baby with the bathwater, but um, but we have to be careful uh, to listen to what Paul's saying here. Did you receive the Spirit through the works of the law or by hearing with faith? There's a book that came along a few years back that just it just irritated me so much. It was called God Chaser, and it was very very popular in charismatic circles. And the whole idea that it's a, you know revivalism. You got to chase God, and you got to find Him, and you got to you know. And listen, seek the Lord while He may be found. You know, I, I get that. But what is this seeking about? 
What is the seeking about? Is the seeking about having a, a Pentecostal experience? Or is the seeking supposed to be about hearing with faith? In other words, if all you're seeking, if your Bible study, if your fasting, if your prayer, if your worship, if your church attendance, if it doesn't lead you to the well of your salvation and your rest in Christ, then it is dead works. I don't care how zealous or how religious it is. It's works of the law. If it doesn't lead you to obey the biblical command of faith and believing in, in grace and, and being under grace, then the, the, you're, you're misapplying the whole notion of seeking God. So it's not seeking God to you know, have an experience or have a mountaintop experience or get another spiritual gift or you know, see signs, wonders, and miracles. Those things are just fruits of the Christian life that is completed not by those things, but completed in Christ and in his finished work and faith in that. And then you receive the life of the Spirit, and the effect of that over time is you, you see the life of the Spirit. And so um, the idea that you, you don't have God, you've got to chase him down, that, that is so, to me, anti-gospel hmm. um, and is so opposite of what, what – the, if, you, if you look at the way the apostles taught the gospel, that is so contrary to – the message that says, God pursued you. Adam, where are you? God pursued us. He regenerated us. He sought us. We are sought after. He reached for us in Christ. And, and, and that he brings us to himself, that he draws us to himself, like it says in John six forty four. Like, the idea of, of having, you don't have him and you got to chase him down is so opposite of the, those gospel ideas. How can a person not walk in the negative fruits of of false gospels and legalism if you believe that stuff. Yeah. You know, self-righteousness or anxiety or fear, condemnation and guilt, which, hey, I'm, I'm raising my hand. You can't see it, but I'm raising my hand. That was me. Yeah. That was my testimony. And and I can't preach that stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got to point to the well. And yes, I want experiences with God. I'm not scared of experiences. I'm not scared of spiritual gifts, but they are not the center of our faith, and that, and the way we receive them is not through works of the law, but by hearing with faith. Yeah, I, I think you know maybe if we could appeal to the heart of this. This is coming from two guys who who literally walked this road. You know, like we we pursued revival, we pursued these works of you know, these dead works. Essentially, I mean, we were devoted, we were committed, we were praying, we were fasting, we were doing all these things, and it, it both. In, in both of our testimonies, uh, it, it led to some serious burnout. Hmm. And the thing that we found uh, true revival in after our, our burnouts was the gospel of Jesus Christ, that, that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again for the forgiveness of our sins. And from the identity of a chosen, adopted son of God, I can walk forward in that rest, in that relationship and and I don't have to strive. I don't have to work. I don't have to uh, do anything to you know hype myself up or push myself or motivate myself uh, to experience more of God. He's already given me the more. James four says he gives more grace. Mm. I don't. I don't have to like run that down. Mm. I have it in Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, this episode and and this show is brought to you by. That Vacation Company, you can check out uh, That Vacation Company at That Vacation Co. on Instagram and Twitter. 
uh, also a podcast. It's a good time to consider taking a vacation. The, the prices are down. The, the packages are super cool. Uh, anything more on on the uh, the timing of taking vacations right now, Caleb? Uh, it, it seems to be hopeful. If you haven't if you haven't been able to go on vacation for the last year and a half, uh, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I just have seen a lot in the last couple of days that a lot of places are beginning to open up. More travel is becoming accessible as the COVID numbers decrease. So let's keep praying that that trend continues. Yeah, amen to that. And speaking of prayer, let's pray uh, based on what we discussed today. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for the incredible love of God in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we have access to the Father, and we, uh, as Jesus said, the Holy Spirit has been with you, but will be in you. And we thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit indwells the believer, and we thank you, Lord, that it happens through hearing with faith, faith in Christ, faith in His work, not ours. Help us to understand what that means and to walk in the joy and the power of our salvation, I pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today, and until next time, remember, Jesus is enough, and so go and Hulk smash for Jesus. Crucified.